The International Science Council works at the global level to catalyze and convene scientific expertise, advice, and influence on issues of major concern to both science and society. In this podcast series dedicated to women in science around the world, we discuss gender equality in science systems, sharing initiatives and experiences in ways that go beyond mere gender awareness in favor of effective, transformative action. Brought to you by the International Science Council, advancing science for the global public good. In this episode, we speak with Catherine Jami, the Secretary General of the International Union of History and Philosophy of Science and Technology. Catherine speaks out about the evolution of discrimination in the science field, the need for women to support each other in science systems, and the specific challenges she's faced as a woman over the course of her career. Hello, Catherine. Thank you very much for coming in. Hello, Sydney. Could you just introduce yourself quickly? Yes. I was trained as a mathematician, and then I turned to history of mathematics. And I've always been interested in China, so I work on basically the history of mathematics in East Asia. Um, And as part of my professional commitments, I have been since 2013 the Secretary General of one of the two divisions of the International Union on the History and Philosophy of Science and Technology. How did you get involved in science? I just always liked maths at school, and it was like a game. And I suppose I found it quite easy. And no, I, I really mm. just liked it. I mean, I, I especially liked numbers and combinations and things like that. So it was just for me. Can you talk a bit about Gender Insight and the mission of Gender Insight? Well, it seems to me that um, there is every sign that gender equality, uh, especially everywhere in the society, but especially in science, is not um, going to occur just of itself and by itself. And so I think it's, it's extremely important that we keep working at it teams keep working at it and it's important also to have a global view and you know looking at what things look like locally in this particular society this particular for example level of education is extremely important and Mm. that I I understand that this is what what it's mainly about yeah and um, yeah that's basically it yeah so of course gender equality is very important across all disciplines and all activities but Why do you think that gender equality is so important in science? Talents are equally distributed uh, between genders and one will miss a lot of talent by um, not allowing women equal access. So it's in the interest of science itself. And I think more broadly in society, uh, it's important that every citizen of the world can identify themselves to science so that they can listen to what science has to say is very important, I think, in this era of, you know, post-truth and alternative Mm. facts. If you can identify yourself to people who produce science, then it will be easier for you to listen to what science has to say, which is not usually the easiest, uh, you know, simplest message. It's often a little complex. I was reading one of the the strategies that Gender Insight created in terms of starting to bridge this gap and getting young girls interested in STEM was to promote 
engagement with the families and the girls' social circles, especially when this is against cultural norms. So how do, how do we as institutions start to facilitate that contact? Because it's so easy to do this or think about it from a higher level. But how do we make that connection to young girls and their families and their local communities? I think the connection has to be indirect because if you are uh, an academic, say, teaching mathematics, you're going to teach future teachers and teachers in turn are the ones who have access to girls and boys equally as long as they're at school. And then they will pass on the message. And when these children grow up with a bit of luck, they will in turn want to work with their children. I, it, it's, I think the family is absolutely essential, actually. Mm. So I see it as something indirect, although, of course, uh, we go sometimes into schools to talk to yeah. children directly, uh, which is something different because then we, we appear as, well, first, hopefully we interest them in what we see. And secondly, they can see, ah, this is a woman. So it's a job for me. Yeah. yeah. Did you have a role model growing up, sort of a woman role model in science that you... <laughs> Well, Did that happen for you? I would I say, I say no, but at the same time, if I tell you that my mother was a neuroscientist, <laughs> in a sense, I didn't even have to think in those terms. It was uh, my my my, my yeah. father was a biologist, so in a sense, science was a family business. It was the first career that I could think of, and I could see absolutely no reason why. Um, being a woman was a problem. It was my classmates once I uh, finished high school and went into higher education that signaled me very strongly and very unpleasantly that it, it was a problem, mm. which I translate at as they had a problem with me. I didn't have a problem with science. Yeah. What sort of challenges did you face with that? Like, what kinds of things would they say to you that harassment? I would. I mean, sexist harassment. Um, obscene jokes, uh, mm. the fact that no one would talk to me. Most of them would not sit next to me because whoever was sitting next to me got obscene whispers from the people behind. Um, and a, a shameful tolerance from our math teacher. What advice would you give to a young woman that would, be, would have been your age that's going through something like that today? Yes, that's a very good question. I felt very lonely there, but I had my parents' support. So we are back to that. Uh, I would say, um, well, hopefully there's more than one of you. So the first thing is get together and mm. talk about it. And once there are enough of you, I was in a class of 45 and there were three girls. One of them gave up during the year. Um, but um, yeah, it seems to me that solidarity amongst girls who are discriminated and also befriending some of the guys because not all of them were impossible to talk to. So it's, you know, just opening up a bit, but yeah, sticking together. And um, in the unlikely event that one of your teachers is a woman, uh, interact with her. But I think it's maybe the, the teachers who have to, to be educated um, yeah. to work on that problem. And yes, I would say to the girls, don't give up because, you know, science is for you, you are for science and you are needed. Could you give me an example of perhaps one of your proudest achievements as a scientist? Proudest achievement as a scientist, I do not believe relates to gender or maybe just insofar as I wrote a book of history of science that uh, 
only had one female character in it, which was the grandmother of an emperor, particularly interested in the science. And But I would say just noticing that when you write about a history of science, um, it is very difficult to come across female characters because they are not in the memory of science. Yeah. And so we just need to, you know, dig a bit harder, look a bit harder to find them. So that's what I would say. My involvement in gender insight or, you know, supporting women in academic careers is, I think, as uh, a member of the International Union of History and Philosophy of Science and Technology, uh, getting involved in the uh, project um, Gender Gap in Science. Mm -hmm. And with that, I had the experience of working with other women in other disciplines together, also internationally, so looking at what it looks like in South America, in Africa, in Asia, and then learning from that. It's not about we telling them what they have to do. It's about them telling mm. us what their experience is and what they do, and what they do is amazing. So I, I, I think for me this was a very, uh, it, it was extremely important to, you know, talk to colleagues, uh, mathematicians, physicists, biologists from Indonesia, Kenya, uh, Romania, for example, knowing that one of the fights that uh, our colleagues are fighting in Romania is that the legacy of the socialist era is that women have an earlier retirement age than men. And in terms of career, in terms of pension, this has consequences. So that's what they're working on at the moment. So, you know, that it means it doesn't stop. Okay, once you have, uh, you know, uh, overcome all the obstacles and you become a professional scientist, going up the ladder is difficult. And to the end of your life, uh, not living in poverty, because given what the pensions are in Romania, it's, it's yeah. about it. It's not a matter of prestige or extra or something. It's really a matter of living a decent life yeah. in your old age. So knowing, you know, the, the diversity of these situations. And, and I think for me, the networking is about knowing about one another. We have different issues, different fights, but uh, bringing them together. Is extremely important because uh, first you feel less lonely. <laughs> mm -hmm. And what I described to you about my, you know, when I was in that, in that math class when I was 17, you understand it's important. <clears throat> and um, and also, you know, sharing experiences and thinking, ah, this may work where I live or, well, this is not quite uh, what I need, I think is, uh, is also extremely useful. Yeah. The imposter syndrome is not just for young women. Uh, at the moment at CNRS, what I see is, uh, for example, applying for promotion. There is a huge amount of self-censorship amongst women. And when they do apply, you realize, my God, they've accomplished twice as much as the guy who are competing with them. And they're a bit older. So I think, yes, the imposter syndrome never stops. And uh, advice for them, I say, look around you. You cannot be the only woman all around. Look at your list of publication. Look at that of your uh, male and female colleagues and try to step back, try to say, mm, if I was to assess these achievements, you know, uh, can I just try to look at myself with as much tolerance as I look at the others? Can I also think that 
not all the men around me will count it against me that I'm a woman. That that sort of things. But um, yeah, it is not an easy situation. Goodbye, Catherine. Thank you so much. Goodbye, Signia. Thank you. Thank you for listening to ISC Presents Women in Science. For more information on the International Science Council's initiatives to address gender equality around the world, go to our website, council.science/podcasts. Thank you.